This is episode 25 with Lindy Griegel. Hello and welcome to the Love Yourself to Happiness show, a podcast inspired by modern women like you. We are your hosts, Maya and Michaela. Each week, you'll get an infusion of tips, daily routines, tools, and rituals from our favorite experts that will inspire you to create the life of your dreams and make it a reality. All this information is free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. We also want to invite you to join our free private Facebook group called Energized Mama Tribe. We are also offering a free masterclass, five steps to get 10 or more hours of free time in your week. Lastly, we're offering free breakthrough calls with us to help implement the tools we teach you in the class. Links to all of these free resources are in the show notes. So grab a cup of coffee or tea, sit back, and welcome to Love Yourself to Happiness. Lindy's interest in integrative medicine dates back over 50 years and is rooted in family history. After immigrating from Russia, her grandfather became a successful pharmacist in Philadelphia. As a young child, she was given the opportunity to work alongside him and witness the art and science of medicine. Those early experiences in the pharmacy piqued her interest in medicine. Eventually, she earned a BS in occupational therapy, followed by a master's in health profession with a concentration in biostatistics and epidemiology, while completing her physician assistant degree. After practicing for several years, Lindy became intrigued with CAM therapies and pursued postgraduate studies in homeopathic medicine, receiving a diploma in advanced clinical homopathy. This comprehensive medical background prompted her to embrace Hippocrates' belief, it is more important to know what sort of person has a disease than to know what sort of disease a person has. Hi, everyone. Today we have Lindy Griegel with us here, and we're super excited. Lindy uh, has been seeing my family and taking care of us for, uh, I think, almost nine years, and she has amazing expertise, so we're excited to dive into it with her. So welcome, Lindy. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here today. And it's been an absolute honor to be involved in your family's life story. <laughs> and we are blessed to have you there. So to start off, can you tell no, us a little bit? You. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal life, something that wasn't mentioned in your bio and your journey to homeopathy and integrative medicine? Um, yeah, I can do this. So my new medical background as you're aware, is pretty steep in Western medicine with my training and work in an emergency department and family medicine. So I was in the emergency department and it was a slow Sunday morning and we were eating bagels, having coffee, waiting for the first influx of patients. And I had this really, really nasty cough. So the physician that I was sitting next to said, why don't you go around the corner and get some homeopathic medicine? And I had no idea what it was, but any opportunity to leave department at the time was really a great thing. So I left the back door and I went up to the small health food store, which was behind Mercy Hospital. I think it was called Wild Oats. And I stood in front of this rack of these bottles that were mysterious and interesting to me and they intrigued me. And so I tried to match a cough to the bottle. And I think I did a pretty good job because I came back and I took way more than the bottle suggested. But within an hour, my cough was completely gone. So I was somewhat fascinated by these little white pills, especially 
because of my background working alongside my grandfather at the pharmacy with his mysterious magical white powders. And I just was kind of curious about it. So I started to learn a little bit more about it. And then I went on to have a family. And um, I believe my son had an ear infection. And so I went back to the health food store. And I saw a little sign that said some naturopathic doctor was giving a lecture on homeopathy and ear infections. So I decided this person said I would be a great homeopath and that I should go study. So what the heck, why not? I had baby breast diapers and I started to go down to Boston to study homeopathy. And it actually worked and it really intrigued me even more. And so um, basically, with the beginning of my real depths of studies in integrative medicine. And so it progressed. And what I did is I left the emergency room doing that as my full-time job, work family medicine, continued to study homeopathy. And at some point it became really difficult for me to keep both tracks of medicine going. So the emergency department amazingly paid for my homeopathic education. And there were several groups of physicians in the greater Portland area that encouraged me to do integrative medicine and to become a medical homeopath in this community. So with great support, I opened Fall River Health Center in 2004 to integrate medical needs of the community. And since that time, I think I've seen close to 1,200 patients. And I sort of own because it's a true integration of my traditional medicine training with homeopathy. So in many ways, it's like the best of both worlds, east-west. I have my stethoscope. My, my prescription pad, but it's also complemented with a really deep understanding of how to use, let's just say, natural bodies uh, inborn capacity for healing. So that's how I landed here. It was all because I had a cough. Wow, that's so fascinating. Amazing. Yes, absolutely. Oh, so I, I would love to know a little mm-hmm. bit more about that. Um, but first, I wanted to ask you, can you define happiness for you? Hello. Hello, are you there? Yes, we're here. Yeah, we're here. Okay. There. Uh, okay, I you, couldn't hear. I think Michaela, you were. Yes, I, I will cut that out. Yeah, I have I, to it note didn't it. come through. I broke For off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so let's begin um, again. Let's just, see. Just ask with. Uh, yeah. Define yeah. happiness. So. Yeah. Lindy, that's, I love that story. Really fascinating. And I would love to know a little bit more. Um, but first, can you define happiness for you? Hello? You there, Lindy? I'm here, but um, Maya, I can hear you, Michaela. I think you're completely cutting out like I'll hear one or two words. Hmm. Hmm. Is there any way you could go to sure a different spot? Is there an, any a different way we yeah, you could? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I okay. So because I think it's the connection um, from where my you window are. or something yeah. and see if that helps. Hang on. I'm just moving with my computer. Yeah. Hang on. Sure. A second. Uh, let me see um, if it's better if I'm by my window. Um, so can one of you, Michaela, can you say something to me and I'll see yes. if maybe the connection is better from here? Okay, okay. so we will continue asking you questions and I will yeah. 
Um, I will take out this part. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear that, Lindy? Yeah, I heard that you're going to take out that part, which is probably a super good thing. Yeah. Yes. Okay, you, great. <laughs> yeah. By the window, let's see if that works a little bit better because it doesn't really make any difference where I'm sitting. Yeah. Okay. All right, Michaela. Okay. So. You ready? Yes, 6.30. Okay. okay. Wow, Lindy, thank you so much for sharing that. It's um really fascinating story how that took you there but um first can you define happiness for you and then we'll get more into um no let's let's cut that out I don't know what I did over there (laughs) I was like super interview mode (laughs) oh my goodness I actually heard you okay that's good okay good so that's um at least we don't have to like begin with the first question so that's always right Alrighty, Lindy can you define happiness for you Yeah. um, So I'm glad that you gave me a little bit of time to think about questions. And I have to say that that's probably one of the more difficult ones to answer. Because happiness for me happens at random times throughout the day, every day. So when I had a really defined, well, what am I feeling like during the day that I'm referring to a happy moment? Two things really come to my mind. And one is, is just being in the moment and realizing how special it is to not think consciously about anything. It's at a time where I'm just breathing and connecting. And for me, that feels like a really happy, peaceful time. So the other times that I would define happiness for me is when I'm laughing. I absolutely love laughter and love to laugh. And I guess Maya knows as well that there's a lot of laughter as well as tears that go on in my office. And other times of happiness when I'm defining it as a specific moment are this is amazing experience when I'm with my family at the kitchen table and we're sharing a meal that we've prepared together, talking and laughing. And those are really special times of happiness for me. Oh, that's so nice. Laughter is such good medicine. Yes. <laughs> so it, can laughter you... is good medicine. I don't know who said it. Yeah, it's true. I mm-hmm. know. It's a really, it's a great statement. So can you describe for us your morning and evening routines, please? Um, sure. Well, my morning routine is really easy. I get up and I drink coffee. And so I have a machine that's pre-programmed. And so I wake up to like a little, maybe a smell or a ding versus my anything with an alarm clock. And it's really a happy time for me. And I like really strong coffee and I like drinking it when it's really quiet as the sun is coming up and nobody's talking to me. So I start my day and my husband has laughed through 27 years of marriage and at times has said to me, you know, I wonder if you love that coffee machine more than me because I pop out of bed in the morning really happy and well, that question can only be answered by me. Right? (laughs) So I've had my coffee. (laughs) I'm not answering that on a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So um, um, then I I do love him more than the coffee pot. That is the truth of the matter. But I really do love strong coffee. But in the mornings, it's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) I always head outside. And so my husband calls me his all-terrain wife because no matter what the weather is, I go outside. So I just 
don't have tons of shoes that are like your pretty girl shoes, but I have tons of shoes to be outside in any weather. I have things that cover my shoes in a little bit of lots of ice. I've got good rain gear and no matter what it's doing outside, I'm always outside. And that's probably one of the most important parts of my day. It's when thoughts come to me about where I'm going in life, what I'm doing at work. I do a lot of teaching and thoughts about my workshops just pop into my brain during that quiet time. And then in the evening, I'm pretty resilient about whatever unfolds. I don't have a specific routine at nighttime. Um, oftentimes, I'm connecting with my husband, especially because I've popped out and gotten my day started quite early. Or I have a lot of friends who live in different time zones, and it's a good time for us to connect. But the last thing that I'm always doing is my yoga practice. And um, for me, one of the most important poses is fish pose because I'm really opening to my heart to whatever needs healing before I go to bed. And um, I take sleep hygiene very seriously. And from a spiritual place, I know how important it is. But from a physiological place, it's also a time where we heal, repair, and grow. Mm -hmm. So I always get into that end of the day mode with a clear mind and bountiful intentions about what I'm wanting to create in my life. Oh, that sounds amazing. The evening routine. I love that. Um, what are three self-care practices that you just can't live without? Well, that is another really hard question to answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'd have to say honestly that I feel in many ways I can live without anything except my heart, my lungs, my brain, and probably my family and friends. Mm. But with that in mind, there are a few things that are really important to me. And one thing that I have to practice every day, not from an OCD place, but it's just part of who I am on the footprint that I leave on the face of the earth, is to do a random act of kindness at some point during the day. And so at the end of the day, I say that is probably part of my self-care practice because in yoga, as I'm in my quiet space, I always like to reflect on what I chose as my random act of kindness and why maybe I chose that for the day. And then um, movement is really important for me, which is why I get up outside every day and being in nature, I have a very, very strong connection to nature. And for me, um, a self-care practice that is part of every day routine for me is breathing and pausing. And I spend a lot of time in my personal life and my professional life teaching about our pause button. You know, I think when we're born, you think about a baby and we anxiously wait for that first breath. And if you've ever been with any as they've passed there's a long sigh of an outbreath, but somewhere in our society, we've lost that ability to really important. And I'll breathe up and down, you know, up when I'm coming into the steps in the office. It's just a meditation that goes on throughout my day. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And I did want to just have a follow-up question to that. Can you give us an example of a random act of kindness that you do? Oh, holding the door for somebody, um, simply smiling at somebody that looks like they're deep in thought. I mean, I'll often do um, pay for people on the, um, uh, what do you call it, on the um, 
turnpikes. And, you know, the other day, this is another example. I was, you know, cleaning out things in the house, which I think many of us do this time of year and putting a goodwill pile together. And I realized bus number seven um, often brings people without a lot of resources near my office because there's a Walmart out to the bus stop and to just offer it to the people at the bus stop because then it would immediately go into use. Oh, that's so nice. Wow. First because I was dressed pretty nice because I was going to work. And then finally I said, it's okay. There's no connections. It's just, if you need it, please help yourself because otherwise I'm going to give it to Goodwill and I would prefer you to have it. And people just took the entire bag of clothes. And the thing that I love most about it is if they didn't need it, they knew somebody that did, and they were going to pass on through a butterfly effect, wow. my act of random kindness. Oh, yeah. oh I have That's chills. so powerful. Thank you. That's really great. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. More people should do that for sure. So what is one of your favorite books um, that you would recommend and why? Well, it, can I tell you my all-time favorite? Before yes, I told please. you I don't deal in superlatives, my favorite book that I account is the Tao of Pooh. And I don't know if either of you have read that book. And um, if you haven't, I'd highly encourage it. So it's a thin book. It's a quick read. And it's Pooh, Winnie the Pooh's take on on Taoism or living a simple life. And there are are the most beautiful messages in this book. And so when I had my first child over the crib was um, a Winnie the Pooh picture. And Maya, you me things in my office in the kids little play area where it says it all comes from I'm um, liking honey so much because <laughs> I'm a big fan of the philosophy of Winnie the Pooh and it's it's powerful messages there's lots of them in the book but one of them that is really one of my favorites it says in order to take control of our lives and accomplish something of lasting value sooner or later we need to learn to believe oh yes Yes. That's so great. It I'm is totally yeah. ordering that book today, <laughs> especially for the kids oh, yeah. too, right? To read it with the kids. I love the yeah, yeah. oh, simplicity yeah, yeah, yeah. of it. Yeah. It's a great, yeah, it's a great book because you read, yeah, when you read it with your children, they're laughing their heads off because they think it's Winnie the Pooh, but <laughs> it, the, the adult messages are so profound and mm. so deep and um, Pooh just says it like it is. That's all I have to say. Who's, who's got it out of it? <laughs> I love it. And I also follow the the Tao as well. Um, I I love the teachings, um, the philosophy, everything about it just resonates with me. Yeah. Um, Are there any other favorite books that you recommend? Um, You know, I I don't read a lot of self-help books that I could give you sort of pearls of wisdom on. Um, I have a patient who recently wrote a book that gave me a copy of it um, about enchanted relationships and um, I really enjoyed reading that because Mm -hmm. it was somebody that I knew so oftentimes I like to read things that people um, have passed on to me or recommended yeah got it Um, got it wonderful Um, so can you share with us which area do you find women um, or your you know your clients struggle with the most and what is your best advice for them oh yeah well I see a lot of moms in this practice and part of it is because I do so much pediatrics and with every baby comes a mom so 
Um, I think the world has become an incredibly complicated place and women are finding it very, very difficult to find ways about, about balancing their parenting wishes, marriage, careers, and their personal space. Yeah. And so one survival mode that I learned was that really waking up uh, early and finding your space to get yourself grounded and to have clarity about what your footprint is on the face of the earth before your day even starts. Because when you have that invisible, I refer to it with my patients often as an invisible tether. When you have that invisible tether and you're connected, there's like a resiliency, almost like a kite is tethered. The kite can fly in the currents of the wind without being taken down. And so I I feel like it just gives people a lot more emotional resiliency. So I spend a lot of time talking about invisible tethers and I really encourage people to not be the mother gatekeeper for the family. And I think instinctually for people who are caregivers, it's really hard to ask for help. And so I have people ask me for help as a way to practice asking in the bigger world. And the biggest message that I try to give to people that um, around me in both my personal and professional life life is about looking inward and not so much outward for guidance. So I think particularly your generation, and I'm speaking from age and wonderment with no judgment here, that as the world of technology has advanced and there's this open gate to endless information, I just find it really easy for people to get overwhelmed to look for the perfect parenting paradigm, the perfect toy to buy for their child. And um, there, we, we all have that inward intuition, but people don't know how to find it. It's, you know, if you think about ancient cultures, it all started with wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. It was all wise people. And then we gained knowledge about our world and then knowledge turned into information, which is the computer. And so I do a lot of um, teachings about the concept of mandalas and circles, but I try to bring people back from a place of information to their internal wisdom, because in that place, that's where the answer is. It's not on the internet. And it's about empowering people to honor that place. You know, it's when I worked in family medicine and I used to go to the hospital and do well, you know, the baby checks right after the baby was born. I always remembered first and foremost to tell the mom that whatever they think is right and it's true and their truth is to be held first and foremost in any decisions about their children. Mm. Yeah. That is so, so, so powerful. Everything you just said in that amazing statement. Okay, do I have a moment to tell you like a quick story? About yes. That? I just, I could yeah. listen to you yeah. <laughs> talk. Yes, please. So, okay. so this was like, I could tell endless stories about the emergency department. And after having been at Boston City, believe me, I have stories. But this was one day, and this was actually, and a mom came into the emergency department. I believe her son was about seven or eight years old. I don't remember. And they had been sledding at Payson Park. Maya, you, you know where that is off of Ocean Ave, yes. where kids go sledding a lot. And yeah. it's just a really, it's, it's a place where just a lot of people gather to go sledding. It's mm. a very, very small hill. Cool. Anyway. 
day, the mom comes into the emergency room with her son and says he came up the hill and he had like a one inch indentation in her forehead, in his forehead, excuse me, and she was really worried about him. And so he was adorable and he was appropriately running around the emergency department for a kid who had not had dinner and it was like bedtime. And I always believed that mothers know everything. So I wanted to get a skull film, an x-ray to make sure. And one of the physicians that I was working with sort of was demeaning to me and basically said, I take everything too seriously. The kid was fine and I should discharge him to home. And I said, mothers always know I'm not going to discharge him without giving you my resignation and I'm leaving with the mom. Anyway, to fast forward the story, the doctor knew I would have walked out because I don't say things unless I really mean them. And so he said, go ahead and get a skull film. So to fast forward the story, this little boy did have a fracture and his brain was swelling oh. and the swelling actually pushed this fracture segment back in perfectly as if a puzzle. And he went to immediately to the operating room and for them to deal with the situation. And it was just like another lesson in moms always know, mm -hmm. they always know. So the internet is not the re best reference point your inside, your intuition, your own knowledge is your best place to learn. No, the internet, I mean, there's just been times, you know, I would Google something and it would come up with like so many, you know, things that are, you know, thank God I didn't like listen to because I knew they're not true. But most people do and they say, oh, the baby has this, the baby has that. And they almost give this baby or their children these things because, you know, you pass on that belief yeah. and it will manifest, right? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's great powers in health advocacy. Like, I really love when patients come in and they have a list of differential diagnoses. But the problem is, come with them. And like, one lady came in and with PMMD, she self diagnosed it. And basically, she had enough rage before her periods. And at the end of the day, I mean, she needed a homeopathic prescription and she was exposed to like a lot of x ray. And once she got treated homeopathically, She's just like bounces through her menstrual cycles normally. But again, she went onto the internet and came in with this diagnosis that was truly not correct. Mm. So we have to be wary of this. Yeah. Yeah. Way mm -hmm. too much information sometimes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So, so you've shared a couple of your stories about patients. Um, do you have oh, a, yeah. fav a, a favorite success story with a patient? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, I can't say that I have a favorite, um, but this is a cute story. So th this was um, a while ago. Um, a little girl came in for a follow-up and her older sister was with her. And so the older sister very bluntly asked me how many children I have. And before I could even answer that question, the younger sister said, well, she has at least 200 children because everyone that she takes care of is children oh. and so at that like exact moment I realized I was truly practicing the truest essence of family medicine where I'm part of their families and you know they're part of mine yeah. every day there's a story in here oh, yeah absolutely absolutely so you know I love your whole story about how you found you know your true calling so what was the best decision of your life up until this point um, well, best put you in a category of superlatives, and I try to honor to not live life by superlatives. Mm. 
and I've made so many like decisions because I'm not young <laughs> um, that have really embodied my life with a lot of joy. But if I had to pick one to answer your question, I would probably have to say marriage, my family would probably be my best decisions that I ever had. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that, that, that would be it. And probably having, uh, probably listening to the people saying that I needed to open an integrative medical practice and going out on my own was a pretty big move, but yeah. probably one yeah. of the best decisions of my life. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you did make that decision. So when do you feel most empowered? empowered so my when does my power card come out mm. mm-hmm. so I would have to say I first realized what it meant to be empowered or to hold a power card when I was in my 20s and I was living out west and I was working as an occupational therapist so I had a profession but my life was dedicated to a technical climbing career and it was moments of being in difficult places, maneuvers on very high open 1500 plus rock walls and realizing that I had to trust myself 100% and being in that zone where there was nobody but me, me and me. So it was a really, it was a really powerful um, place and learning to get to that place of personal empowerment led me on a journey to really fulfill one of my life dreams, which was to be on a major uh, Himalayan climbing expedition. So I would say that wow. was probably the first time I really knew what it, the word empowerment meant. And then I have to say in my more adult years, it's empowered with love. And that's been watching um, our son grow and become hopefully the most emotionally resilient person that I know on the face of the earth. And in my relationship with him being really appreciated and knowing and he calls me the Dolly Mama, that oh. he's not um, sort of mocking my philosophy of life, which when this term first came out uh, among Kyle and his friends in their teen years, I really didn't think it was very funny. But in adult years and our conversations, I realized that our children were empowering to see this come full circle back to me. Yeah. <sighs> I love that the Dolly Mama. It's amazing. It's brilliant. <laughs> Very wise kid. How old is your son? He's twenty three. Yeah, he is very wise. Aww, I love it. So, can you tell us about your most challenging time in your life and how you overcame it? Hmm. Well, I would have to be transparent in talking with both of you and telling you, you probably one of the most challenging time is when we lost our daughter when she was a year old. And so people kind of gasp when I say that I've lost a child. But for me, it was from the moment I saw her, I knew that she was an angel and it was the beginning of a very deep spiritual journey for me. So you never overcome a loss like that. But what I learned, and and I think at some point I hope in my lifetime, science will validate this, 
that there's a moment, and it's probably quicker than anything you can ever process, where something happens and you either move to a place, and I call it an upward direction into spirituality and actualization, or you spiral downward into sadness, anger, mm-hmm. and feeling unfortunate. And so at that moment of time, and maybe our daughter Nina's spirit took me up there with her, I don't know. But I reached beyond what I ever thought I was capable of doing in time in reference to a spiritual existence personally and the work that I'm doing here on earth. And of course, this time of year is always really hard to not have her around. But it is special beyond what words can describe when that angel goes on the top of our big Christmas tree. And we all know that Nina's spirit is shining about our house and with each of us and I know at times I've shared the story with you Maya and I remember saying pray to Nina because she touches the lives and not everybody but she touches the lives of people around me in my practice and I don't know how angels pick who that is and I remember my no but one thing that I do know because I'm going to be 62 and I can't wait to have my birthday in March because I feel at 62, you can tell people you're speaking for wisdom and not just experience. So I'm pretty psyched about being able to say that to people. I love but, it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but, you know, we, <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you come to a place where you really um, speak from wisdom from difficult morning. I shared this with Maya Michaela that uh, I had a patient who I hadn't seen for over a year and she's been in my office for 15 years. I take care of the entire family and I thought she honestly was in for perimenopausal reasons and knew I probably wouldn't fill her prescription unless she came in for, for an office visit and she walked in and I just looked at her and she burst into tears and she told me that her husband had um, a brain you know, a brain tumor, and it's basically a death march diagnosis. And I just got this moment of knowing that the angels were watching over her family, and she's known me so long that she trusts it. So it's really a powerful thing to have a child on, you know, sometimes people refer to it at the other side of the veil, but it puts a different perspective on the whole life-death cycle. And I have to honestly say, I, I don't I don't want to die because I have such a joyful, mm-hmm. wonderful life. But it's not something that I fear. And I think when you don't live in fear, you can be really present. And I, when you're really present, you can really feel love. And when you're really in a place of love, you're in a place of happiness. Yes. And I hope that makes sense. Yes, yes. Oh, I totally, absolutely. you know, your story resonates with me. I lost a brother, um, I think it's seven years now. Oh. And it was a similar experience where, you know, I had the choice to either go up with it and be very, you know, thank God I had my yoga practice and I got to be spiritual. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I suffer, I never really suffered. And it's like hard to say that you didn't because your brother passed away, but I, I felt like I'm still there in that place with him. You know what I mean? And I feel like he's more around me than he ever was being in a, like, you know, on earth. And so my mother had a very difficult time, obviously. And, but I feel that it took, you know, my, my strongness in my spirituality, you know, it took her like two years to kind of like catch up with me 
and now, you know, it's, there is, there are blessings in that as well. You know, we get to be super, super tight and close as a family. You know, there were some issues that, you know, we don't have to deal with now, like, and we get to have joy. And it's almost like he took this weight off of our shoulder. And at the same time, we have this angel and I've called upon him multiple times. And I know if I called him to somebody else, like you just said, your clients, like it works. It truly, truly, truly works. And yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm also not afraid of death or anything like that. But yeah, this, this, wor- this life is amazing. <laughs> As you said, totally yeah. resonate with you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, well, not good that you had that experience, but right. I think you, really understand what I'm talking about when you say love yourself to happiness and it's just like you have to know what your footprint is exactly and I'm able to use this with my clients here in a bigger picture yeah because they're honestly Mm -hmm. there's there is spirituality infused everywhere and spirituality to me is happiness because it's that bliss it's that like it's just that state you know that you can always connect Mm -hmm. to and um you know having loved ones pass actually allow us to connect to that so yeah right yeah oh thank you for sharing <laughs> oh, oh yeah so it's a good story yeah yeah, yeah. it's a sweet yeah. story yes it is um so to conclude can you share with us three things that you're grateful for whoa so you're um breaking up just a little bit can i just Let's ask you to repeat that question one more time for me. Absolutely. Can you share with us yeah. three things that you're grateful for? Oh, does it have to stay just three? No, nope. <laughs> okay. absolutely not. <laughs> well, um, three. So just to lighten up the conversation, because for some people listening, it might have been hard to hear some of these stories that Michaela and I are talking about. So I love jeans, wearing jeans. And so because I knew I was going to be talking to to the two of you today, I'm wearing jeans in the office, which has been a little shocking to some of the, the people who have come in to see me this morning. But I'm super happy and really grateful to have a work environment where I can wear jeans. So that's on the simple life. Mm. And then I would say mostly for, for my family and my friends who have climbed mountains with me, gone down rivers, gone around the my side through the thick and thin of life. And I have eternal gratitude for these relationships. Awesome. Thank you. Well, I am yeah, I think so incredibly good- grateful for you. Oh, thank you, Maya. I'm just, you know, I I hear so many people talking about how they have to have boundaries and how draining their work is for those of us who work. And I have to tell you that that's not my experience. And Maya, you and your family are just an we're a family together and yes I bring things to you but every day that I'm in here I'm gifted by the people that come in here the stories that they share and the way that our lives are touched and you know when I teach the family uh, practice residents at the beginning of the year I always like to remind them what family medicine means that patients are part of your family and you're part of their family 
families. Honestly, like I remember one time my car broke down on 295 and I couldn't get a hold of my husband and I called a patient to get me off the road. I mean, we're, we're just a big circle and we're not more powerful and the cure and healing comes through that relation, the depths of those relationships. So I'm grateful to you, Maya, and your little (laughs) ones and your family and all the the family and friends that you have that you've brought into my. Yes, it's a, it's a good, it's a good relationship that we've got going on. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lindy, for taking time out of your busy day and talking to us. Thank you so much, Lindy. Oh, you're more than I All love right. your perspective and your wisdom. It's it's made my day. Thank you. Oh, well, thanks. I'll, well, I can't have the wisdom until I'm 62, but that will right. be in March. <laughs> so soon. <laughs> All right. Thank All right. you for well, listening, thank you for the everyone. opportunity to share some of these stories. Thank Thank you for listening to the Love Yourself to Happiness show. If you like what you heard and you're interested to see if you're fit to work with us, here's what to do next. Head over to mayaandmichaela.com forward slash apply and book an appointment to speak with our team. We will get on a call for about 45 minutes and we will work with you to craft a step-by-step game plan to win back 10 hours of free time in your week so you could reconnect and spend more quality time with your loved ones. And we will get you clarity on three things. Number one, we will help you see what mindset shifts need to be made in your life. Number two, you will learn how to create a schedule so that you can flow through motherhood with ease. And number three, you will get in touch with the things that bring you joy so you know what to do with this free time. Whatever your biggest challenges are, we've seen it and we know how to overcome it. Don't do it alone. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We have helped moms get more free time in their week to focus on themselves without sacrificing family time. To see if we can help you do the same, go to mayaandmichaela.com forward slash apply. We look forward to talking to you soon.